Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today on Barbecue and Tech, the Beef Rib Showdown. Let's find out who had the best beef ribs. Was it Rod Simmons, your host, or my partner in crime, co-host, and the barbecue master, Chris Ashley? What up, man? What's up, brother? (laughs) Those ribs were everything a man could ask for in a rib. It always tastes a little bit better when you get them for free, too. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know how that feels. <laughs> well, do, do tell. How does it feel? Oh, God. Delicious. No. Uh, so when we uh, closed out uh, our last episode, we uh, we had mentioned that Rod had purchased some fantastic high-end beef ribs. And uh, we were going to have a friendly competition uh, between us to see, you know, just... Yeah, who's going to make a better rib? Now, personally, I didn't look at it as a competition because, I mean, come on. <laughs> but, but uh, no, no, Rod. In retrospect, bad. you have to admit, my rib came out. It was pretty good. It was excellent. Absolutely yeah. excellent. I would eat that. I would order that. I would destroy it. I destroyed it when I got home. I, I waited a little while. And I got a little hungry. I was like, ah, I'll just go and heat up your rib and uh, eat it. So... For for let's answer the question up front first. You know who won? Nobody won because the snow came in and completely destroyed the competition. <laughs> None of us could leave the house. <laughs> but uh, everybody won at the same time because uh, yeah, both sets of ribs got absolutely housed by our families. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about, right? Making that great beef rib that uh, or making great barbecue that your family members enjoy and your family members and your friends are coming over. It's like, yeah, that that's that stuff right there. I need that. I need that in my life. So yeah, so it, it was fun. So it didn't go down. Our initial plan was to smoke them, rest them, and then we would meet up at one of our houses and uh, yeah, doing a little taste test between the family and whatever. But, uh, but we wanted to do this recap because there were some interesting pieces that occurred uh, during this. And we definitely want to share that with you. Um, but first, uh, Rob, why don't you tell the folks that are listening to this, uh, if they're not supporting the show, how they can support the show. So I always say the easiest way to support the show is you're likely listening and you're saying, man, I want to try that seasoning or that knife or whatever it is that these guys are talking about. And we try to leave Amazon links for everything we talk about. And those are affiliate links because uh, we are Amazon affiliates. So a little bit of commission goes into our pocket when you just click on the link and do your shopping through Amazon um, when you're buying uh, the stuff we recommend. So if you're doing that, we greatly appreciate it. 
as you already know, Chris <laughs> and I both build ashtrays and, uh, and cutting boards that are on the site. Um, so we try to keep the stock. Uh, I know that we're done with the holidays and coming up to, uh, Valentine's Day. So if you're, or hopefully Valentine's Day is coming up soon for you when you're hearing this, uh, you might want to get something for the, the, uh, little lady, a uh, little cutting board so she can continue to make you fantastic food. So if you want to head over there and grab that or make sure she knows to grab you a, perfect ashtray so you can sit out and kick your feet up and enjoy. You can do that. And then last but not least, if you want to do a monetary donation to the show, the easiest way to do that is with Patreon. So if you head over to the A to barbecue and tech, uh, com and click on the uh, Patreon link, you can then become uh, one of the many sponsors of the show. Yeah, and uh, Patreon folks generally get the episodes early. Um, depending on what level you do, you, you can get them commercial free. Um, we're about to start posting some recipes on our Patreon. So for those folks that, you know, we talk about what we do and different tips and, but Rod and I are actually going to start taking some of our personal recipes and, uh, put them out there on our Patreon page. So for folks to try and maybe take and finesse and, uh, make them better. And then, um, the, the perfect, uh, place to that, to share that when you're done is, um, our discord is coming soon. So I know we've been talking about setting it up. We've actually started uh, working on getting our discord server together. And, uh, that's going to be really cool because definitely we're going to have some great conversations there, sharing of recipes, techniques, more direct, uh, on there. So all of that's coming soon, but, uh, yeah, well, um, right now I'm in the midst of making our first barbecue and tech basic rub. And this is going to be a rub that, uh, you, anybody can throw together. And then use it on, you know, brisket, ribs or whatever. And then uh, the point of it is not for me to sell it or anything like that, but just so something that you can take, make it home, but then make it better. You know, well, I added this or I added that and it became a little bit better and it became a little bit better. So um, I started, I have some basic ones that I've done before, but I'm actually trying to put something. I usually don't uh, measure stuff. I just tip, tip, taste, tip, tip, taste. Okay, we're good. But I, I really want to do it. And then we have our bar, our, Rod and I have a barbecue sauce that we uh, love and we make uh, here as well. So, you know, I've always been a big proponent. Just go buy a season that you like and, and you know, do your barbecue with that. But sometimes you're traveling for vacation. Um, I've had that happen to me where, I, you know, I'm on vacation. I want to make some ribs or something. I don't have my rubs with me. Right. So I want to be able to put something together in a pinch. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to work on that. And that's the type of stuff we're going to put on our Patreon page. And knowing I've been over your house and seen the number of rubs in the containers, uh, you'd have to essentially pull, have a pull behind your truck or just fill your entire truck bed up with your rubs to bring. It's with so you. funny that you've mentioned that because my wife is like, yo, you need to do something all this seasoning. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. It so, doesn't belong in the kitchen because it's uh, taking up the entire it, cabinet space. It, yeah. I can't even keep it in a cabinet. I got to keep it in containers. So I'm actually thinking about building like a little, uh, uh, seasoning cabinet or something that it can just sit in. I, I, sh- I would rather buy something just because I don't feel like taking the time to build it, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what, what comes with what I come up with. But nice. uh, anyway, back to, uh, that. So before we get into the actual cook process competition and the, the finishing results, I want to first, let people know like generally we go to our local butcher and we get a beef beef ribs from them and they're fantastic and if you remember from an earlier episode we talked about uh generally we get the beef short rib but we had been on the hunt for what is 
widely considered plate ribs, which are a, a different location on the cow. But uh, usually you get those in the three bones as opposed to when you get the beef ribs, they're in the four bones. And they tend to have a bit more meat on them and they're a little bit larger. And I just hadn't found them anywhere. And Rod, while he was sick, was bored and found a company that actually sold them and ordered them. And not only for himself and ordered, he ordered some for me to, to smoke. And I wasn't too sure that he had found what the, what we had been looking for until I actually saw them. And when he brought them to my house, he put them on my desk and my desk tipped over <laughs> like, uh, like Fred Flintstone's car. In, in in the opening scene, in the opening credits. So <laughs> I was like, yo, he did good. Um, but these were not cheap uh, by any sense of the imagination, especially with, you know, on top of the fact that there's a markup on pretty much everything. Uh, but they, they, they were, they were t- so tell us uh, about where you order them from, Rod, and then, you know, pricing and stuff. Yeah. So um, I was, I was just watching somebody on YouTube doing barbecue and, uh, they were talking about a place called 44 farms. So just 44 farms.com 44 farms.com. And I was like, all right, let me go check. Cause they, they were making short ribs and they looked like exactly what, you know, Chris had been talking about with the plate ribs or the dino ribs. Um, and the, so let me be very clear. They're not, they're not Wagyu grade. They're not um, prime grade. They're, cho- they're choice grade ribs, but by no stretch of the imagination, did I feel I got an inferior quality rib? They were, they were beautiful marbling throughout the rib and perfect. And they give you two, three plate ribs. So you're really getting six ribs. So you're getting two, yeah, two different three bone ribs. So you have two, you have two packages, each with three bone ribs in it and away you go from there. So when I had originally was going to get it, I was like, all right, I'm going to order this. And I didn't catch on that it was you were getting two packages. So I ordered two of them so that, cause I was like, I'll give Chris three bones and I'll have three bones is what I was thinking when I ordered two. And then when it arrived, it was like, Oh, there's six bones here. So the nice thing is that uh, both Chris and I were able to cook six bones. So it meant, you know, it's, it went from something that you could appetize the family to you can feed the family with it was more than enough food yeah. to cook with yeah and i'm glad you made that mistake because three bones would have been uh how do you say annoying right because they were so <laughs> good you'd have been pissed off that you didn't have enough to keep going so yeah so it, it was a good mistake yeah and um i mean i've looked at other places like uh i'm sure you've heard of like snake river farms they they do the wagyu stuff but the only issue i have with Snake River, mind you, there there's are Wagyu short ribs, but there's average weight, they say, for theirs is six pounds, where um, 44 Farms is between six and 10 pounds. And from what it appears on Snake River Farms, they you're only getting three bones. Whereas with 44 Farms, as I just said, you're getting six bones. So to me, sometimes like the Wagyu may be better. I, I don't know. We'll find out eventually. Yeah, we will definitely find out. But to me, the value for dollar, like for $99, I got six bones versus three bones for $139. So to me, there's just, there's a massive value. You're talking $50 for three bones. It's, don't get me wrong. Is it expensive? Yes. But am I, were we over the moon happy with the quality? I mean, hopefully if you guys are following us on Instagram, we made sure to post images of 
the ribs but prior to cooking, post cooking, so you could kind of see that drawback that you get on the bone. And man, they they came out fantastic. And I, we we took two different methods for seasoning too. Yeah, and we should be clear: we have no affiliation with them whatsoever. This is just us speaking honestly about something we ordered. So yeah. I just want to be clear: you know, they we have no contact with them whatsoever. So I we're I open did, to a dough holla. Yeah. <laughs> so I did my smoking on a pellet smoker. Um, I have the the Mac Two Star General. There you go. Um, and I used um, I used uh, so I think probably the other key thing people want to know is like when you were smoking, you know, what pellets did you use? And I used uh, lumberjack um, oak pellets. So it's one hundred percent pure oak, great pellets. And that's what I smoked with. And, um, and remember, that's something we talked about, right? When you buy pellets, uh, take a peek because sometimes the pellets are uh, a a alder wood with the oils from whatever or whatever uh, flavor they say it are. And then yep. other times you get uh, the actual pellets made from the wood species that it says it is. So just keep my and what's supposed to happen as I understand it, is that if you get the one with the oil, they actually burn longer. And then, but the flavor on the actual one tends to be better. That's, that's my experience at least. Yeah. And, um, what I, for me during my cooking process, and I know Chris can, he's burning on, uh, the stumps, XL stumps, stumps. So he's smoking on stumps, XL baby. Um, he can go in and like, cause many people will smoke the beef ribs at, 275. And I know that 275 on a pellet smoker, for in my opinion, is super hot. Because when I'm putting it down on the grates, I'm hearing a sizzle. To me, a little hotter than I want to go, and I'm not going to get that smoke flavor. So I, I started my smoke process at 200 because I let it, let it get up to temp, let it get nice, clean smoke I was getting, put them on. And they were at 200 for, I'd probably say, the first good six hours of my smoke. And then I went up to 275 for the last part of my smoke after I wrapped. And for me, that that was a big difference maker for me because I think even you will say, Chris, you were shocked at how much smoke flavor I was able to get into the meat. Yeah, Those pellet actually, smokers are notoriously horrible for that. Yeah. And so one of the things I want to take a second to do, and uh, as a recap before we go deeper into the process and everything else, is we typically like to do a segment where we provide tips for folks getting started or maybe people that's in the game just looking for some tips. Here are some tips for smoking ordered plate ribs. So when you're when you're smoking like a pellet smoker or and probably honestly any smoker if you feel that your smoker your meat tends to dry out a little faster than it should, a water pan solves that problem. Now, I think one of the classic mistakes that someone will make with a water pan is they put in a pan of water and ex that you're going to get that natural humidity just because you have water in there. I always grab the pan, fill it with virtually boiling hot water. So I pretty much bring the water to a boil, pour it into a pan, then put the pan into the smoker. So what I start with is already water that is at a temperature where it's steaming. And because the grill is at 200, 225, whatever that temperature is you're smoking at, that's above a boiling point, but your water is going to continue to produce steam the whole time. And the smoker isn't having to bring that water up to temperature before you start getting that that kind of steam effect and get that additional moisture in there. So for me, my first tip is add a pan of water. It, it does save you a lot of pan. And again, you can 
you can use like uh like a beef broth or apple juice or something like that if you want to use it in a pan. But if you're just trying to get some additional humidity in the air in your smoker, add a pan of water. Now, let me just tag that with uh, not all smokers recommend water in the in the cook chamber. So definitely double check with your manufacturer because yep. uh, for my stumps specifically, they said never put water in mine. Well, Rod is right on his. It actually works well. But on mine, it, it's unnecessary because it's so thick and so closed off. It, you just don't need it. So, um, it's so Rod's tip is for if you're seeing challenges with that. So great tip. You want to go next? Yeah, you sure. Wanna... So for me, this is the first time I've ever smoked an ordered rib. Um, and that was, to me, seemed to be higher quality than one I typically get. One of the things that I noticed is what it it did, like Rod said, have a ton of marbling in it. And uh, so I treated this rib like it was gold. You know what I mean? I didn't take any chances. I went all out on it. So when you spend that type of money on on a rib or on any type of meat, you know, make sure you're prepared to go all out with this. So I actually injected my beef ribs with a beef broth and I wanted to make sure they had plenty of moisture in the meat. Don't be afraid to do the extra stuff on this, on this thing, even though I, I tend to, you know, I tell you guys lean towards simplicity, but you know, that doesn't make it overly complex. Right. So I actually injected my ribs with a beef broth. Mm, a little secret there that you didn't tell me about earlier. Hey, man, I told you I didn't even see it as competition. <laughs> I was going to tell you that I injected. I got the. I'm assuming you use a spit jack to get the good injection in there. Cause yeah, there, is, is, there is no other injector injector in my life. <laughs> yeah, because it was so funny, funny story. And I'll get back into tips. When we were at your house and looking at all the different injectors that you've had over the years in one drawer, and they all just sit there unused because of that spit jack. Yeah. And there's probably a good five or six in there. So obviously, you know that you need to wrap your food. I already mentioned this earlier, but it is, I, I think it's a fantastic tip, especially if you're, if you're going to be, um, coming at this from a, a pellet smoker, which is, just because you're watching some barbecue person who's using an offset stick burner and can go at 275 doesn't mean that's the right temperature for you on your pellet smoker. Like I said, when I'm doing my ribs, whether they're beef or barbecue, especially beef ribs, because they're going to be on your smoker. Like these were on my smoker for almost 11 hours. They're going to be on the smoker for a lot longer and that's okay. So starting at 200 to develop that desired smoke flavor is fantastic leading up to wrap. And even though I had water in my cook chamber, I also, after three hours, roughly every 45 minutes, I did come back and hit it with um, uh, apple juice slash uh, apple cider spray 50-50. And I just sprayed them down and I used a hog sprayer to spray them down uh, and keep them nice and moist. So, I would highly recommend grab a hog sprayer so you can spray your ribs down, but um, start low, 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 and then let your temperature build up either closer to your wrap or at your wrap. But I got fantastic uh, coloring on my ribs um, in doing so. Great tip. All right. So, and I'll get the fourth and final tip. So one of the things that I like to do is 
after I wrap, I actually put the wrapped rib in a pan. I don't cover the pan, but I just put the whole rib in the pan. And I think uh, for Rod, Rod can benefit from something like that based on you know, one of the things that happened during his smoke, which we'll talk about. But for me, I just like to save those juices. And even though like I posted a picture where I was pulling a brisket out that I had bought from Costco, um, it was wrapped. I wrapped it well. You know, I don't skimp on the wrap when I wrap my brisket. And as I was pulling it out, I, I don't know how. But half the juices that was in the paper poured out onto the ground. It just dumped out like somebody took a bucket and was just like, and I, I, I was just dumbfounded and I had ran out of pan. So I just went old school and put it on there. But uh, for me, it can help protect the bottom of the beef because it's been sitting on that grate for so long. And sometimes, you know, it, it can become a little bit more charred than you want it to be. And uh, the other thing is it just, again, any juices that comes off of that, and you want to make an au jus or something out of that, nothing wrong with dropping that meat into a pan and uh, letting it finish out wrapped. So I wrapped my beef ribs in butcher paper, but then I placed that that whole thing into a pan. Uh, and, and each rib, we did, you know, two, two, three bones was in an individual pan, and I let it cook out the rest of the way that way. Nice. All right. So what did you season your ribs with? So for me, I did my classic multi-layer seasoning and the reason why is because i like to have different profiles as you're eating the meat right um so i started with the base layer of an ap and this ap i actually made myself anytime we say ap we mean all purpose so the basics salt pepper onion powder garlic powder you know and uh and i started i put the base layer of that on there and then i wanted to in treat this as something special, which it was. And so I wanted to add some heat to the, these ribs. So I actually took some, uh, some red pepper flakes that I had ordered and then added a sprinkle of that on the middle layer just to give it a little bit of step up in the heat. Not too crazy, but just enough to bring some heat to it. And then the final layer was a sweet. Uh, so from there, so that final layer was a, uh, a maple, a sugar maple rub that we're very fond of. And that, that went on top and that added some paprika to it and some, uh, but more importantly, that uh, sugary, brown sugar um, sweetness to the top. So you had the sweet, you had the heat, and then you had the savory from the, a, you know, coming out of the AP. Yeah. Um, but what, I got out of that is not only was a great flavor profile of the beef rib, but I got a excellent looking bark. Like the bark was stupendous on, on this beef rib. Yeah. I think the X that sugar in the sugar maple caramelized perfect on your beef ribs to make that bark. And you gotta, you gotta be careful um, because I know you were kissing it with that sugar maple seasoning versus heavily coating it because it's such a long cook. Yeah. So what I did is I did it in two steps, right? So I gave it a decent coating on the top to, to, you know, add some flavor, but build the bark. But when I wrapped it, I didn't put anything else but the maple seasoning in the wrap. 
So that helped kind of bring out the more sweet that I was looking for and help solidify that, uh, that bark on the top. Yep. Um, I went easier. Um, I had debated many different directions and I figured since you were going with a multi-layer flavor seasoning direction, I was going to keep it simple. So I didn't just go salt and pepper, which everybody claims they do in Texas. Uh, if I if offended any Texans, uh, Sorry, but I know that you use more than that. Uh, <laughs> but I went with um, Holy Cow. So um, the guys at Meat Church, I use their Holy Cow seasoning. I've watched a couple of their videos. I've seen them do beef ribs. I've seen the guy say all he puts on his Holy Cow. And I was like, why not? Um, I'm going to go with exactly your seasoning. Because if I want to figure out if the seasoning has the flavor profile I want, I need to go with just that. Because if I added a salt pepper base to it, I'm, I'm kind of missing out on that and I can taste the seasoning and I know even post the ribs, Chris, that the one thing you said about mine says could have used a little bit more salt at where for my household, the salt level was perfect. Like nobody wanted more salt on it. Um, but again, everybody has a different taste bud. So for me, holy cow was the perfect level of salt and everything that I wanted on the ribs, but I was yeah. able to determine what I liked about that particular seasoning and that profile on the ribs. But with beef ribs and how f- much meat we're dealing with, I don't know about you, but there's a point in time where you're like, man, am I putting too much seasoning on this? Cause I was, it was definitely, I went heavy. Like, yeah, you always have that moment where you're like, man, this is, this is too much. It's gonna, it's just gonna be overpowering. And I caution people to fight through that, right? Because when you have a thick piece of meat, it, it's just, you know, you may, while you may get that initial, burst in that initial bite the rest of the beef is not going to have as deep of that flavor it'll you know it'll permeate a little bit but it, but all together as you chew then everything comes together the beef flavor enhanced by the seasoning that you put on there and so and the other thing i should impress on people upon people is that you know different tastes you know cook for yourself cook what you like and then adjust from there don't cook for what other people like right, right? that's what competition does and that's the a big distinction. You know, competition, you're cooking to impress six judges. But at home, in your backyard, you're cooking for you. And so, and what you're banking on is that what you enjoy, other people that you're friends with will enjoy it as well. So when I tasted Rob's rib, Rod's rib, um, I love the flavor. Of it. I did like the uh, the seasoning that he used. And I love the, uh, the beef flavor that he got out of it. And I was impressed that... Uh, that that was a good, nice smoke flavor on his beef rib. Just from, and I'm I'm actually very sensitive to salt. I don't like things that are like I'm not a guy that like gets French fries and like put extra salt on it. I can't stand it. But I do recognize what the how the salt kind of opens up your taste buds when you're eating something. And uh, uh, for me, so for my for me, I would enjoy it more with uh, a little bit, uh, just a hair more salt on it so i know i and i think we cook for the same thing you want like I, you cook for yourself but if you you have people come over you want to impress people i think the funniest line literally ever someone uttered uh when eating food that i've cooked and you turn i i turned around and laughed so hopefully i don't offend anybody on this one but uh the statement was from a friend of ours was a young lady at our house he goes Oh my God, your meat tastes so good in my mouth. And I was like, I'm walking out the room and I'm going to laugh on the other side because 
I felt like I was the only one who got the joke, <laughs> but it was, it was, I think it was brisket, uh, that we're serving and it. It, to me, it's the key is it like the funniness of that statement. So if you're, hopefully you guys found that funny, but the key is I want someone to walk away and say, damn, this shit was good. Like this, this was, this is Everest. Like yeah. everything else from here is going to be downhill. I want them to want to come back. It's the best feeling in the world, right? Yeah. You work hard on, uh, you, you know, making something. And when you share it, you really want that positive feedback. So for me, like when I share stuff with, I, with people I don't share on a regular basis, I really want them to ha- enjoy what they got. When I share stuff with my friends that I you know, that I chop it up with and I bounce ideas back and off. I want honest feedback so that I can improve and be better. So, you know, and you're over the moon. Like I, I made, uh, at the same time I made, uh, a burnt ends chili and I gave it, I gave it to a buddy of mine, uh, gave him a bowl that I promised a buddy and he posted on his Facebook page. He said, uh, like me, if you thought that you make the best chili, you don't. Big Chris Ashley does, you know what I mean, and you know he, he and he, you know, it, it was humbling to see something like that, right? Because you know the cat, most of the people I mess with can get down in the kitchen, you know what I mean. So when you see a compliment like that, it's uh, it, it it makes you feel good. So that's what we're trying to help other people achieve and continue to achieve, and you know. So for you, your ribs went, uh, you said eleven hours, I yeah, think. eleven, uh, and I, I wrapped at, I think it was. Seven hours in, I think I wrapped. If I'm remembering the time correctly, it was about yeah. seven hours in where I did my wrap. And I ended up wrapping. I put mine. On maybe it was eight. Three. Yeah, uh, it was eight. It was eight hours in. I put mine on at three in the morning. I ended up wrapping about six hours in. Um. So, but like every other, you know, person, things don't go perfectly. So you had a mishap, and I oh. had a mishap. Did I? And so. You know, and we want people to understand we're not perfect. We have, we make mistakes, we have mishaps, and we, but the cool thing is being able to adapt and overcome and still put out something that the family loves. So, what happened to you? And then I'll talk about what happened to me. So, oddly enough, one of the things that I wanted to start uh, a season with was maintenance of your smoker, cleaning it out, all the stuff you need to do, like to prevent a grease fire. And I'm, I'm pretty daggone diligent about uh, cleaning my smoker and I had done it maybe a week or two prior, but the bottom of the ribs we had, there was definitely a good bit of fat that was definitely down there. And I trimmed as much as I could. I know Chris, you trimmed a bit more on yours when you got them, but I guess from sitting on top of that plate and the, the fat that was dripping down on the, the plate had built up. So when I took my smoker from 200, moving it up to 275, put my ribs back, have left my ribs on, but, uh, um, I had a grease fire and it was only cause I went out just really quick to check on, just make sure everything was going well, that it had hit temperature. Um, I see it smoking. I'm like, Oh my God, it's a grease fire. Dag nabbit. And able to pull things off, settle it down, took the temperature down a little bit. And again, you're in the middle of smoking. So there's not much you could do. I just needed to get the fire out. Well, the ribs off first to protect those fire out, uh, and thank goodness I must have caught the grease fire right at the beginning because the fire went out relatively fast. Um, so it was like I had to pull the ribs off for about 
20 minutes while the fire went, went out and then put them back on. I will say the most humbling part of that is when you're looking at the meter thermometer and you're watching the temperature that where you were at start to decline. It's like a brisket, like you may hit a stall, but, um, fortunately when I got them back on the temperature, they just, they just rode through it. But, um, I will say like, uh, I haven't used my smoker since I did the beef ribs and I did get uh, a good cleaner so I can go down through and try to clean off any of the extra gunk that was on there um, so that I'll be ready for my next smoke and will not run into another grease fire. So out of that comes, you know, uh, probably a bonus tip, if you will. Pay it really close attention to where your heat source is coming from, right? Because Rod has, uh, like you mentioned, it's a, you know, it's a pellet smoker, so the heat's directly under the food. But there yeah. are uh, plate setters there, right? There's, you know, there's the buffer there so to keep the, the heat indirect. But those things can get hot and then yeah you have something drip and then all of a sudden you got a fire so uh yeah definitely pay attention that's less likely in an offset because the heat source is completely off to the side and uh so the heat uh it, it, there's no way there's nothing there for it to combust but uh for folks i know a ton of folks that, are, that listen to this show definitely have pellet smokers and uh smokers where the heat source is directly underneath so again pay attention uh because those are the times that those things can happen all right, so my mishap was a silly, silly mistake, and it uh, thankfully I think I got more lucky than having any skill to work around the issue. Right, and so what happened was I actually ended up putting my ribs on around three o'clock in the morning, and so what I wanted to do was get the fire started and get back inside because it was nine degrees outside. It was bitter and it was just me being like i'm cold i was just so when i took the uh, charcoal i only filled up my chute about halfway and i was like i'll wait till it warms up in the morning i'll put some more on top of the chute and we'll be good to go and uh, of course did not set a reminder with siri did you i did not set a reminder i was tired and i was rushing and uh yeah so i started it the fire started perfectly and it got everything rolling and then, yeah, my my beef ribs hit uh, about 193. And so I was going to pull them at 200, but I was really wrestling with pulling them at 195. And uh, because generally you want to shoot for a 195 to 200 anyway. I was wrestling with it. And uh, yeah, my smoker made the decision for me because I definitely ran out of charcoal at the end of the smoke. And I knew this because my meter started showing me that the temperature had dropped. You know, the, amb- what I mean? the ambient air temperature. Yeah, the ambient amb- air temperature went from two fifty around. No, sorry, the ambient was. Uh, I had to. I had the uh, flame ball set at two fifty. The ambient was about two between two twenty and two thirty. Was fluctuating there, uh, and then uh, in the end the temperature started dropping. So the temperature of my ribs started dropping. So when I looked at it and I had a decision to make, and this is why having like a cool uh, meat uh, tracking on the uh, meter was really helpful. I was able to track what was the peak temperature it hit before it started to fall. And I looked and it said it hit 193. And I was like, that's close enough because you have a decision to make at that point, right? And it's a tough one. You know, you're either A, going to 
open up all the vents, add more charcoal, and get that thing to ramp up the temperature as quickly as possible. But as it's ramping back up and then the meat temperature has to come back up, you do run the risk of drying out your meat. Or B, you pull it. But, of course, you run the risk of the meat fibers not being broken down enough, and then you don't have a nice, tender smoke. So, better you just, get, you know, be prepared up front and do your due diligence. But you do have a, and honestly, there's no, I don't know if there's a real easy answer for that, right? You could potentially open the wrap and, you know, take like a meat thermometer and kind of poke it to see how how loose the fibers are. And then you can just say, all right, you know what? It's not loose enough. Let me just let it uh keep going or you can just take it on faith. I took it on faith that I was pretty close in temp. I figured I felt like there was enough marbling in the meat that it would have melted by now after, you know, 12 hours on the smoker and I pulled them and I just let them rest. And it was the it turned out this time was the right decision because when I had my daughter pick up the beef rib and bite into it, what you and that picture is on Instagram, I think, or Twitter somewhere. But what you should notice is that when she bit into it and pulled away, the beef rib was still on the bone, but the piece she took came completely off. Right. And so that to me said, that is a tender piece of meat. And we hit our mark. And when I tried a piece, it absolutely uh, hit the mark. So, yeah. So moral story. Don't be lazy. You know, put the when you put the charcoal in put the charcoal in all the way uh and you know and uh you know make sure you're good to go for the entire smoke yeah and i went a little higher than you i went to 203 um and it was around 202 203 was what i was like all right these are good pull them off and so before when we both wrapped other than the fact that you cheated with injecting your meat um (laughs) we both did use beef tallow uh and at least i know i did in the wrap process Yeah. yeah So I know you use you heated like we both you heat the tallow and then you squirt the ta- a little bit of tallow on the paper and then you do your wrap. You're not it's not a crazy amount of tallow you actually no. need to use. And for anybody not doesn't know what beef tallow is, it's essentially uh, beef lard. You know they they take the fat, they render it down, uh, and then they can it and then they, and then they sell it. And then um, we take it and uh, as we're wrapping the beef rib, we're using a layer of that just to add some additional flavor into the rib. And you could do the same thing like pork lard. If you want to, if you're doing pork ribs and you want to add a little bit of pork lard in there, you could do a touch of that to add a little bit more, but it's not my thing, but uh, yeah. Rod, Rod does that. And uh, I don't, I don't use pork lard, but um, oh, I thought you said you had, no, 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 no. I've, I've seen, I've seen, I saw it and I was like, Hmm, this looks interesting. Like, here's my thing. It's like, you got to at least try things once to say, don't like it um, before I, I want to draw a opinion. But if I were going to do the pork lard, I would, I would only do a salt and pepper and then give that a shot and see how it works. Wrap it, salt, pepper, and just, you know, yeah. true natural flavor. See where you go with that. But um, I mean, we both, the, we use, uh, and I'll, I'll make sure I put a link in for the, uh, we use the beef, uh, the beef tallow we use is actually a Wagyu beef tallow. So yeah. um there's one at our local barbecue spot that we're probably um, at least I'm I'm, I'm going to give that one a shot to see if I see a difference. Is it worth the extra money to get Wagyu uh, beef tallow or is it not? You know, we'll, yep. we'll, we'll see. So, but like I say, other than that, 
my the whole cook process for me went well again we did post some uh photos and we will have a couple here on the uh when you uh if you go to the um the podcast website barbecueandtech.com and you you look at this particular show you'll actually be able to see some images from from our cook and and what it produced but i was really happy and um i guess all in all if you were to say would you buy again from 44 farm absolutely like i will without a doubt buy beef ribs from them again but I'm also going to try some of their prime steaks and all those types of things. Cause um, I think we might've touched on that. I've already done, I've done steaks um, with, and actually I did those uh, using Chris's uh, new toy, which uh, is the uh, sous vide machine yeah. you got. And I've also done pork chops with sous vide now. So um, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, and if you guys have a spot that you like and you want us to try it out and uh, by all means, uh, uh, hit us up and you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll order it and uh give it a shot on a future episode we did our first barbecue rub off if you will <laughs> and uh essentially we took two rubs we took a single brisket and cut it in half uh we seasoned each half because we really wanted to keep the the base of the competition as even as possible and we seasoned it with uh, one half with one rub and one half with the other rub. And uh, we do have an end result uh, that we'll be posting very soon. So stay on, stay on the lookout for that. Absolutely. Um, well, hopefully, it, if, if you have never cooked beef ribs before, my opinion, super easy to do. Like, Yeah, they're not very difficult. They're, the main part is, you know, you want the fat cap that's on the top. You want to try to remove as much of that as you can. And I, I, I got rid of the silver skin as well. So just a nice sharp, uh, I think I used like a vitrionics boning knife to get away as much as I could, um, in cleaning that thing up. And from there, really, you just season and put on your smoker and go from there. It, to me, this was a super easy cook. I don't have a spit jack like somebody who likes to cheat in competitions. I do remember me saying, are you going to inject? Because if you are, let's at least be in a level playing ground. But yeah, you got to know old timers like to make sure they keep their secrets to themselves uh, so they can uh, they can win those competitions. Come on, Padawan, you step up to the mic. You better <laughs> bring it. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. This was fun. Hey, appreciate Again. y'all. Keep up. Keep communicating with us. Keep sharing your cooks with us, man. We love all the, the tips and the uh and the feedback and the conversation and uh yo uh and uh yeah we want to see pictures of folks in their new barbecue and tech aprons too man that that was that's uh super hyped up so uh we out so until then until the next uh we'll probably do a couple more bonus episodes in between seasons so uh we'll we'll see you guys soon peace peace up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 